Blog Talk Radio. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> okay. All right. brand name, like Pepsi, that's a brand name, I stand behind it, I guarantee it, they know that, even if they don't know me any more than they know the, the, the chairman of General Mills, <laughs> what I'm talking about is, when you chop my dough down, one, two, three, four, five percent, and then you call it Blue Magic, that is trademark infringement, you understand what I'm saying? It's your girl, D. Scott, and I am here on this Tell the Truth Tuesday. It is September 12th, uh, 2017, and today we have a very special guest on the show. Um, I actually met her because I'm going to give you the background before she gets on the show, so I don't know her personally. However, quote-unquote, we met. So I was I'm, I travel on all these pages a lot in between, and, and lately I haven't been commenting as much because it's just not worth my time to get on anything and voice my opinion and nobody understands and I have to tell my story and so on and so forth because everybody knows everything, right? So I was on a page that I typically go on a couple times a week just to try to offer help or to try to offer a sound word, and I won't say I was attacked because that's, y'all know y'all can't really attack me, but, you know, I was lunged at, basically, male and female, because the page was about um, narcissistic behavior, people that have been victims of narcissistic behavior, as well as psychopaths and sociopaths. So you know there's a hierarchy to all of that. And you know that I've been diagnosed, and if you follow the show long enough, you'll know which one. We're not going to get into that right now. So... Basically, I'm on the page trying to explain to people, like, you know, it's really very simple with people that are sick, like me. And I was very clear that I only date my kind, so I date other fellow sick people, which means that, you know, if I'm a little off, that means that the person that I'm dating is also a little off. You know, we may either go to the hospital or we may go to jail. That's just the way it goes. So, and that's just, and I'm not saying that it's it's toxic or it's this, it's that. Psychopaths, sociopaths, narcs, they all come in different forms. You know, you might have the guy that's just verbally abusing you and, you know, beating up on you because he has issue, you know, with his mom. You might have, and so basically when I get into dating situations, every single one of them, they could have been beautiful, all those people that you see on my Instagram, at miss.d.scott, every single one of them had, you know, quote, unquote, a defect, had an issue or had a mother issue, lack of father, something was going on, nobody's perfect. So I go on these pages to let people know that I date my own kind. So it's not like I pick these guys out and say, you know what, I'm going to date this really nice accountant that works for this, you know, company and and, and is in the the middle class, and I'm just going to fuck his whole life up and ruin him. That's not what I do. I meet a fellow sick person, and I say, you know what, I'm the healer, so I'm the one that's always trying to fix somebody. I'm the one that's always trying to get things together and say, you know, oh, he's not that bad and things are, you know, not what they seem. And then I end up getting hurt because, well, not really hurt, but agitated because they're not doing what I need them to do or they're not following the path because I've been on certain paths already or they're self-mutilating. And self-mutilation is a lot more than just pricking your skin with, with knives and so on and so forth. They're, you know, over-drinking, overeating. These are all signs of depression, signs of mental health issues, signs of addiction. All of them go hand in hand. So I'm on this page, and this gentleman, I'm actually going to read what he said because you know, I, I expect to go on these pages and get beat up a little bit just because I go on there and I'm very clear that I'm sick. I'm very clear that I don't really give a fuck what you're talking about. And I'm also very clear um, that, you know, which side of the fence I'm on, I'm here to help. And it's just, 
they're all on this page, and it makes me, you know, very sad that we're all on this page sharing sad stories and nobody's talking about fucking them up. Nobody's talking about how you're going to get revenge. Nobody's talking about how they're getting in the gym. Nobody's talking about how they're going to resolve and get over these toxic people. So one guy mentioned me and he says, you sound like a lovely narc slash psycho. Definitely not a narc. He said, I feel bad for anyone connected to you and hope you don't have children. I do. People like you make this world a lesser place. Take your sick self elsewhere. I'll look for the positive in that message, but wearing your illness like a badge of honor is disgusting, and you are right about the sex, though. It was anything but polite, and how does Kabigo get some help? Now, first of all, I've been getting help for years. It's not working. Okay, so I've been diagnosed since I was 19. You have no idea. And if you want to know about what happened, you're going to have to buy the books. I'm not going to go through it. Stay in your lane, a diary of a hot mess, available on Amazon and Kindle, all of that. So this particular gentleman, basically all I said was, you know, you're either a victim or you're a volunteer. So you're either going to volunteer to allow these people to continue to hurt you, or you're going to at some point say, you know what, fuck you and keep it moving. Literally cut, cut him off. You know, people like us, you have to cut us completely off because we don't understand anything else but silence because silence is never misunderstood, right? You can't misconstrue that somebody just ain't fucking with you. But make no mistake, I will go back and try to, you know, finagle a situation. I will go back and see if I can call you and you'll pick up the phone. You know, I will go back and see if we can try to work things out, even though I really don't want to work things out. I just want to see do I still got it like that. Now, not in recent times, but I'm talking about years ago when I was out, you know, being a player from the Himalayas. Yeah. And even then, I still messed with my own kind. So now we have a situation where, you know, I'm on this page, and these are people that have been hurt, and they're thinking I'm being insensitive, and I'm saying the easiest thing that I can to say to you, which is, let them fucking go. Like, just leave them alone. They don't want you. You you know, they've discovered what your weakness is or whatever lies it is that they've told. They now have to come to fruition. So, for example, I had a guy I dated once that would say things like, oh, you know, I got a settlement coming. I have this. I have that. And it's funny because my mother was alive at the time. And she says, let me guess, in order for him to pull out his money from his You know, um, it wasn't a 401k, it was from his stocks and bonds. He needs, you know, a week and then, you know, money to be floated. So there are some sociopaths that do prey on women and men um, to pay bills. Most psychopaths make up like a large population of the people that are on Wall Street, if you all tested them. You know, highly, you know, capable, skilled. They're not really the bum, bum bitch type. You know what I mean? Most psychopaths. Now, sociopaths, that's different because they're like chameleons. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll weave in and out where they need to be. And that particular day, I had about 15 emails in my, in my inbox, in my DM, you know, women asking, like, listen, you know, because I'm here to help. I'm not here. I'm here to, as a woman, I'm just going to be honest. I'm here as a woman to tell you how to get that motherfucker back. I'm here as a woman to tell you, like, this is what he did to you. Cool. Queen up, put your crown on, stand up straight, and let's get him back. And the only way to do that is to move on and live your life and be happy. But at that point, the damage is already done. And then after a couple of years, you'll realize, like, you know what, that really was the easiest thing to do was just to cut the motherfucker off. But it's hard, right, because what happens, they contact you, they want to link up. Next thing you know, you're having sex. Closure is really like Satan's friend. It's it's a bunch of demons telling you that you need closure for something that really has already been closed. They've disrespected you already. They've stole your money already. They done slept with your sister already. They done, you know, robbed your mama. Let it go. You can't fix them. It's done. You know, and another issue that they'll do, too, is, like, with the brokenness. Like, I don't understand that brokenness, like, because I'm seeing a lot of girls saying, like, oh, he lived off me, and he, girl, bye, no, role reversal is just not something that I do, you know what I mean, if you're the man, you be the man all the time, and I'll be the woman all the time, I don't have a problem with my role in the relationship, but you're not going to take money from me um, to live your life and go on dates with other broads, I'm just not going to do that, so this is, you know, one of the women, she was, actually, I think she's from the Czech Republic, I believe, and she was telling me, like, oh, he met this other girl, and she's rich, and she's, you know, still very jealous of the situation, and I said, every time you have sex with him, you hit the reset button, every single time, when you have sex with a crazy person, every single time you have sex with them, you hit the reset button, we think everything is normal, everything went back to normal, we're all good. We don't, you know, take into consideration like, oh, my God, I've damaged this person. This person needs space and all these other things. We don't take that into consideration, and quite frankly, we don't care. So what I had said to the gentleman that had left me um, 
that nasty comment is he basically was like, you know, when am I going to be able to forget about her? And I said, you'll never forget her. I said, we imprint. I said, 20 years later, after your hairline is gone and you're having polite sex with your wife, you will think of her because it's just, it's all, you know, we, we try to appeal on all levels. And again, I talk about that in my book, you know, taste, touch, sound, you know, everything, the aesthetics, trying to look the part, trying to be the part. But some people, especially these sociopaths, like I really don't understand that it's really some low-level things going on, and I don't understand. Like if a man is asking you for money and y'all like 30 days in, it's a problem. I mean, I had a guy I went on a date once, and he said to me, he says, um, do you know where a pawn shop is? And I'm like, nah, why? And he's like, well, I only have enough money to pay for one of us to eat. Listen, <laughs> I don't fucking got time for that. I don't got time for that. So then it's really not a date. We really just hung out. If I have to pay for my own food, it's really not a date. We just hung out. And it's the beginning stages. I don't have no problem spending any money on any of my beloveds. So that's why I cringe when I hear, you know, oh, this guy bamboozled me out of this amount of money or this girl got me to pay for a boob job and then she never talked to me again. Like, you know, you got to understand that. When you're a mark, they've already figured out what it is about you that is your weakness, and they're going to use it against you every time. That's not what I do, because remember, I deal with other psychopaths. So the way that we deal with each other is kind of different, because it's kind of like saying, in our world, what we're doing is very normal, but we know that if we were to walk into a police station and have a conversation, we'd both be arrested. We know that it's certain, like, like I said, for example, I just had cabbage, boiled cabbage thrown at my car the other day, okay, because this is... This is just, you know what I'm saying? That's just what it is. It's not right. I'm just saying, like, that's just what happens. I've had my windows busted out of my car. I've had flat tires, you know, all kinds of stuff. And I want to take note also of the young lady off topic really quick before she comes on the show. You know, a lot of things that happen online I don't necessarily um, speak about. And, you know, online, because I feel like my social media isn't really a place for me to post literally the hundreds and thousands of girls that go missing every year or that get chopped up and found places every year. And so for me, you know, this little girl who just got killed by her friend, lured into, uh, what was her name, Kanaya Justice, uh, she got lured at what I guess they call them kickback parties, Kanika, that's her name. I guess they call them kickback parties in Vegas, and, or in Vegas, in Chicago. And she goes to a hotel, which one of the things somebody used to tell me all the time, look, don't call me past 10 p.m. from no goddamn hotel talking about you being raped because you knew what your ass was doing when you went to the hotel at 10 p.m. Anything after 10 p.m. is booty call hours, you know that. So this young lady, her name is Kanika. She was raped, killed, and then stored in a hotel freezer. Now, what makes this the worst is the fact that her raggly-ass friend, okay, quote-unquote, was, her name is Kanika Jenkins in Chicago. Uh, Her raggedy-ass friend is on Facebook Live, I believe it was, and literally you can hear the young lady in the back saying, help me. Apparently two to three men raped her, then she was murdered in the hotel room, and you can see some of the rape going down. Mind you, the, the girl that's on Facebook Live is sitting on the edge of the bed while this girl is being raped drugged, you know, drunk, everything, and her reflective glasses actually show what's going on. So now, you know, you have this, and the girl was 19 years old, and when they finished raping and killing her, they stuffed her into a freezer. Now, they're trying to say that this young lady um, got drunk, stumbled into a freezer, lay down, and died. I hope y'all do know that, like, that right there, that's sociopathic behavior, because, see, a psychopath would have been more organized than that. Psychopaths are your serial killers. Sociopaths are your robbers, your thieves, low-level crooks, like people that do shit like this that are not planned out, and you didn't know how to function or respond in the moment. Instead of calling the police like a normal person, like, oh, my God, this person is bleeding or this person is unconscious. No, everyone in that room is a goddamn sociopath. Everyone in that room, you know, has something fucking wrong with them that you would allow this, like, you you know you're going to get caught. You're in a hotel room. You don't got have any gloves on like this is not you want to know what a psychopath looks like go watch American Psycho that's one of my favorite movies of all time but look how cold and calculated it is like they knew they were going to kill you long before and with this particular incident I feel like the young ladies were jealous or something like that lured her to the hotel the one girl was telling her oh I want to talk to the the boy's friend and 
It's just, it's not okay. But I also don't post things like that because I also realize that there are hundreds of thousands of Latino, white, black, you know, African girls that go through this every day, every year. This this is happening. This is not the first black girl. This is just because it was so shocking, it's in, and it's in Chicago, a city where we're killing our own people. So we're just, that's what we're doing at 19. We're going to parties in hotels and killing people and putting them in freezers. So I wanted to briefly touch on that because just because I don't say something about it on my social media does not mean that I'm not going to, you know what I mean, address it on my show. I'd much rather address it on my show when I could tell you how I really feel than to put it on, you know, a timeline where I have photos of my, my child or, you know, my family or anything like that. I try to keep it, you know, all 100. Now, the other thing that was bothersome this week is, you know, Grace is going to get on the show and talk about how she survived um, narc abuse, but a lot of it was verbal. Yes, it did get physical from what I understand. So the reason that I met her is because when I was on the uh, page, a lot of young ladies came and, you know, were in my inbox like, hey, you know, this, this, and this. And she actually made a comment like, oh, my God, I cringe. And I'm like, you know, I don't – or she said grr or something like that. And I'm like, don't grr at me. Just, you know what I mean, just, you know, go ahead and ask what you want to ask. And she's like, no, I'm not grring at you. I'm grring at the, the title, the you know, the whole entire situation. So what ends up happening is is now – you know, a dialogue has been open, and that's what I want. I want people to know, like especially women, um, you know, you can get past this. These people, these are mere mortal men. These are not, you know, really even kings or gods. Like these are mere mortal men. You don't have to let people talk to you the way that they do or let people tell you that you're this or your body type is that and it's not in a healthy tone. And listen, I got a nasty mouth too. So I've I've been known to cuss people out and say things that were probably not healthy at all. But then I'm also grown enough to go back to the situation and say, you know what, I apologize for that or that's not what I meant. And then I always try to make it a point to whether it's with my child or whether it's with, you know, somebody I'm dating to just later on just even be like, listen, you know, I love you to death, but this what you're doing right now is not working for me, or I would like to walk away from the situation, or what do we learn from the situation? I always try to end it with love because, you know, especially since yesterday was September 11th, and I remember, you know, my uncle, okay, we lived in New York City. I went to Pace University. That was undergrad. And I remember my uncle having to go through Pace Univers- or go through um, the World Trade Center to get to the trains. So I'm thinking to myself, like, is this the day that he went through there? That particular day, he didn't have to go in. So when I look at certain things, I always say, like, like you know, someone just made a post the other day. If I miss a flight, a it was meant. You know, if if I can't get to that red light, if I'm late for work or whatever, a it was meant because you don't. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be at this time, and I think that. Another thing that we do when we're in abusive situations is we look at time and we try to measure time and say, I wasted so much time in this relationship. No, you didn't waste time. What you did was you just took an, a 10-year learning curve. You took a two-year learning curve. You have, to, you have to quantify that in your mind that way and, and understand you didn't waste any time. It's like being under a spell when you're with these people. You know, you're going to be mesmerized by everything they do, and especially with me because the ones that I've dated, they actually had a couple of dollars to their name. So you're talking about everything's extravagant, everything is beautiful, you know, the clothes are flowing, I never had to worry about anything. They were perfect gentlemen until you got inside the bedroom. That's another story. We'll discuss that. And listen, we all know that the highest form of magic is sex magic. You know, so when you're talking about you're walking into an enclosed space with someone that in most cases they mean to do you harm, but then, you know, I come from the opposite side that says, okay, well, what the fuck happened to you that you feel like this is appropriate or normal for you to do that to someone else? You understand what I'm saying? And I used to, back in my 20s, I used to ghost a lot of guys. Guys, oh, I want you to meet my mom. You know, listen, I come from an era where you didn't have to touch a man. You didn't have to have sex with a guy. You could go on trips. You could do whatever. They were, listen, it wasn't like now where if you go out for a drink with someone, they're expecting you to, you know, get with them in in the car. Like that's not how it was back in the 90s and 2000s when I was dating, 
okay? You know, men were gentlemen. They took you on dates, and it was unfortunate. And shout out to, um, I think it's the, her new blog, Ray Chanel is uh, Black Blossoms. And she has a blog, and she said, do people date anymore? And this is a very odd question to me. When was the last time you went on a date? And I'm like, mm, last week, uh, yesterday. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't understand what you mean a date. And listen, a date can be coffee. A date can be come over, I cook something to eat. A date can be, you know, let's bump up out of town real quick or, you know, go over here or over there. A date could just be sitting down. You know, I live in an area where there's a natural wonder. I live in Niagara Falls, New York, upstate, right across the border from Canada. Let's just go sit at the falls and just talk about your week. Those are all dates. And I'm really upset because I wanted to plan a picnic before it got cold out and didn't get the opportunity to do that. So... You know, when was the last time you went on a date? And I said, I said to her, I said, I think that you young ladies have it all fucked up. You want to go to the chop house and all these other, you know, highly expensive places on these first dates, and it's not necessary. If you can't pay your portion of the bill, don't go in a restaurant and order the langosta and, and everything, you know, that's going to come to $38, $50, and you don't have the money to pay the bill or at least tip the guy. Don't go in there experimenting with your taste buds on somebody else's dime. For me, the courting process is, is up until the point where they say, you know what, I want to be exclusive with you. I, I don't want to see anyone else, which when you're dealing with a psychopath and a sociopath, oh, honey, that's going to come quick. That's going to be within like a two-week period. Those are just the red flags, just so you know. Okay, and, you know, because we know what you want, oh, that's the other thing. If I could warn anybody against anything, don't talk too much, ladies and gentlemen, on the dates. You know why? About yourself, your weaknesses, what you hate, what you love. You know why? Because once you give us the blueprint to hurt you, not that I'm going to hurt you. I don't do that, okay, because remember, I date my own kind. So I don't look at a fellow sick person and say, you know what, you're a piece of trash, this, this, and this, because you're not going to hurt me. I'll fuck you up before you ever hurt me. I'm out here in the universe like karma for a whole lot of women out here. Trust me, I got it. But what I'm saying is is that, you know, if I give you a blueprint and tell you these are things that hurt me and these are things that happened in my childhood and you're just talking, hold some things back. Because when you get in an argument, trust me, they're going to pull it out. Okay. And I had to learn, there is an art to arguing, and I had to learn that. You know, we don't bring up children, we don't bring up parents, we don't bring up anything that was a weakness. If, if a man just lost his job, and I watched my mother do this before, you know, rest her soul. If a man just lost his job, I don't think it's right that when you get in an argument, you say, you broke-ass motherfucker, that's why you lost your job, bad vibes bad vibes, and you weren't saying that when he had a job. I don't think that's fair, and I don't think it's right. I don't think it's right for a man to look at a woman and she just gave birth or she was sick or for whatever reason she gained weight and talk about her weight and you did nothing to help her. I don't think it's right, and I think it's a low blow. I think it's below the belt. I can have successful arguments and win based on facts only, okay, like, you should be in a better financial position. That I might say. You should, you know what I'm saying, start putting up money for your children for college. That's okay to say. You know, I have learned over the past few years to voice my concerns with people. And the funny thing is, is the type of men that I date, when I tell them something one time, even in an argument, and then, like I said, I usually go back a couple hours later, maybe even the next day when everybody's cooled off and send a text or, you know, just call and say, listen, you know, I love you to death. But these are things that I feel like going forward you need to work on. You know, these are things you need to work on. Like somebody just told me today I, I was having a situation with my niece and her mother. And it's a, it's a touchy situation, so I'm not going to talk about it because it, you know, involves my family. But I don't want the, the, the girl's mother around my niece because they were already taken out of the home. And my people told me, he's like, you know, that's not right. You know, you're, that's evil. You shouldn't do that. And as a mother, I used to think that that was okay until you tried to go against my family for what's in the best interest of the child. Now, at this point, I no longer am a mother, right, just like you. Now I become, you know, the matriarch for my family and making sure that, you know, what needs to be done for the best, best interest of my direct descendant is being taken care of. There's nothing wrong with that. But I appreciated the conversation 
you know, in a normal tone, you got to stop being evil because I am. Like when I don't, when I, when I, the moment I stop having fun with it, I'm done with it. And what's funny is when you date other psychopaths or other sociopaths, you go on these roller coaster cycles. But the problem is, is because we have, you know, not conformed to society and we're relatively successful in whatever it is that we do, you kind of begin to miss that person, especially when you're sick, because you're like, you know what, who am I going to date now? You know what I mean? Who's going to go to Cuba with me? Who's going to do all this fly shit with me? Who? Because no one else can afford it. Or do I really feel like, and then us psychopaths, we get into, you know, the rut of, do I really feel like going out there and hunting again or being vulnerable again? I don't feel like it. So you know what? Why don't I try to fix the situation I'm in? Any relationship that I've been in was like five years, seven years, you know what I mean? Years and years and years. You know, there's men right now that if you were to ask them, you know, how they feel about me or whatever, whatever, they'd be like, you know, I loved her, you know, so on and so forth. And we're talking 25 years later. Okay, so when I look at my legacy when it comes to men, I have I am not one of the women that has gone out and just purposely hurt men. Have I hurt men? Absolutely. Because when I was done with you, I was done. You either weren't strong enough to carry me when I needed, and I just vented about that on my show last week about how my ex-husband, and I don't usually talk about this, I broke a cardinal rule on my show, was the type that would let my son and I starve to death. You know, not literally, but kind of. You know, he's the kind of guy that will go spend money in the account, don't tell anybody. And to me, finances are very, very important, especially when you have children. You're trying to run a business. You're trying to run your home. These are things that are very important to me, and they're important to all psychopaths. Sociopaths are more in tune with the con and the con artist, and those types make me very, very sick. Because it's like if you're a grown-ass man, like how dare you go live off a woman? Make no mistake. Each couple should be living, you know, in a situation where you're only living off one income anyway. That's how I was raised, right? Live off one income, and then the other income is for savings or if something happens, and something always happens, right? So then you have a fallback plan. There are certain lifestyles that are indicative of certain things that are supposed to happen, like if you're dating this type of person over here, you're supposed to have the bank accounts and everything set up, and you're supposed to make sure that you're cooking and making sure that that person All he has to do, or she, is come home and relax and have peace, no chaos. There are regular motherfuckers out there that are not psychopaths or sociopaths that are causing people immense chaos within relationships and then calling it a mental illness. That's not what it is. You're just a chaotic little motherfucker. That's really all it is. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to one of my songs, and then we will wait for uh, Grace to basically call in. But you know what? I'm going to play this song by Russ. I don't know if you guys know who Russ is, but I love this jam by him. It's called What They Want. And like I said, tonight when Grace calls in, I'm going to tell you what all the psychopaths want, what all the sociopaths want, what the narcs want, all of them, because I've dated all kinds, and I'm going to let you know what they want. Yo. Yo. Yo, 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 Got the chick I call it Lola. She feel like the ocean, like to drink and smoke some Doja. And I feel like smoking, plus she good at charming cobras. I feel like I'm chosen, but she ain't the only one, no. Got the chick I call it Katia. She be acting bougie, then she came through and tied me up. Now she just a groupie, got the aura of the mafia. Her friends wish they knew me, but they ain't the only one, no. What they want, what they want, what they want Dollar signs, yeah, I know it's what they want What they want, what they want, what they want Y'all ain't fooling me at all I've been at this shit for nine years Now they start to call, I'm a DIY pioneer They trying to get involved, yippee car, yeah, yeah Got to set it off, I'm probably the only one, me. I can size you up, taking all the shots like Kobe, almost 81, guess I got to play the goalie, and go and save me some, I'm probably the only one, hey, hey. what they want, what they want, what they want, dollar signs, yeah, I know it's what they want, what they want, what they want, what they want, y'all ain't fooling me at all, ooh, ooh, ooh. 
Who wants my money, I'll tell you who I don't fuck with Who's pulling strings, I'm just pointing out all the puppets What I'm demanding is fucking up all the budgets I'm smart as fuck, they be talking like I'm the dumbest, but I know What they want from me, dollars, lot of stock in me It ain't nothing personal, it's business and I'm a commodity But honestly, pop-up will be turning in his grave The day I let someone else become the boss of me When there's a boss in me, I'll be damned What they want, what they want, what they want Dollar signs, yeah, I know it's what they want What they want, what they want, what they want Y'all ain't fooling me at all And that's like one of the little jams I kind of like stumbled across, and I try to keep all my music queued up because I'm a huge music uh, lover. But we have um, Gracie getting ready to come on the show. And like I said, she actually just did a uh, a movie, and she's going into edits this weekend um, about uh, the narc abuse that she suffered. And you guys can actually go follow her on Instagram. Hold on, let me get her get her handle. If you guys are on Instagram, she's at, at Rise Movie, so R-I-S-E-M-O-V-I-E, at Rise Movie, and very beautiful girl. Like I said, I've had conversations with her, very easygoing. Her and I got to have a conversation yesterday after playing phone tag all day for like the past week as I was trying to get my son in from Houston, you guys all know about. So I definitely can't wait to see what the film is about because I think that we in the African-American community, and I'm going to say something else, of the 15 or so DMs that I got, probably only two of them were not minority females. So that lets me know that it's – I'm not being funny, but I feel like we are suffering in a different way, you know what I mean, than – our white counterparts or our Asian, you know, sisters and whatnot. So we're definitely suffering, but just in a different way, because if I'm on a page and I literally took the time that day after, you know, being reamed or whatever, that type of stuff doesn't bother me. You know, I go on that page knowing that, you know, people are going to throw daggers and things like that because I am a person. And when I want to address something too, when he says I wear it as a badge of honor, first of all, I'm a minority female. That's a badge of honor all within and of itself, okay? The fact that I have a mental illness or that things have happened, you don't know if it was a nature debate. You don't know if it was a nurture thing. You don't know if I was born that way or if I saw something. You don't know me at all. So to judge me based on your raggedy ex, because she had to have been raggedy, I mean, he was a nice-looking guy. There was no reason for anyone to get out and hurt someone like that. But it goes back to the adage, hurt people, hurt people. That's not an excuse. I make no excuse for what I do. I'll tell you, I used to fuck men's head up all the time in my 20s. But I realized why I was doing it, and then I stopped. Some people chemically cannot do that. I have been on medication. I have, you know, self-medicated with alcohol. I have done just about everything. And, you know, I just, uh, let me, listen, I want to shut out this other girl because I just absolutely, I found her page. Um, I found her page. And listen, Gracie's texting me right now. Um, I'm on now. I found her page through another person's page that I actually was coaching and mentoring and all that good stuff. And this girl, her name is Ethereal One. I absolutely love her because she is um she's Latino. I'm assuming she's Mexican, but I know she has Taino uh roots with her, but she's definitely a bruja, so she basically, her handle on Instagram, her name is E. Ortiz, is a ethereal.one, so E-T-E, or I'm sorry, E-T-H-E-R-E-A-L dot one, she's amazing, and what she does is she brought up an issue that I don't really discuss on my show just because I try not to talk too much about my sexuality or, you know, who it is or what I do or how I do it. I'm not really into the bragging about, you know, all of that. But she talked about hypersexuality when you are, you know, dealing with mental illness and dealing with depression and dealing with all these things. And I have 
a situation at one time where I'm like, you know, hey, you know what I'm saying, we're having sex three times a day, everything is good, and then it goes to right now, it's like, oh, my God, you know what I'm saying, I'm not getting anything, not currently, but I'm just saying, that's how it is. So we're going to go to a caller, which I'm hoping is Grace. Is this you, my dear? Yes, it is. Can you hear me? I can definitely hear you. It sounds like you're on the commute. <laughs> I, I am. I'm driving home. Okay, so you got us hands-free, though, right? Yeah, I do, yeah. Okay, good, good, good. So why don't you introduce yourself, let everybody know who you are and what your handles are, where they can find you, and then we're going to get into talking about your movie. Okay, I'm Gracie Phoenix, and you can reach me on Facebook at Gracie Phoenix. Um, The movie is on Instagram at Rise Movie. And um, my website is www.risefromtheashesmovie.com. Okay. Now, you and I met, I kind of gave the brief background about being on that page and knowing that, you know, I know that people are going to, you know, come for me because I kind of stroll onto the page like a pit bull with no leash, you know what I mean, make comments, expect for people to be like, oh, my God, you know what I mean, but that's what I want because I want the dialogue open, and I just spoke about how that particular day there were at least 15 girls in my DM, and mostly all of them were minority females, and basically you know, that lets me know that I was just saying that we are suffering in a different way than I think our white, Asian, and other ethnicities are as far as the mental health is concerned and as far as abuse is concerned. Would you agree with that? Um, I don't know if I agree with that because um, a lot of the mental health pages that are on Facebook that I'm a part of, um, the social media groups, um, Facebook and um Instagram, there's a lot of different races. I haven't even really seen that many um, African-American, you know, there's a few black and African African and African-American um, followers that I have and people that I've seen in those groups, but a lot of them are, are white, Latino, and, you know, of other um, backgrounds, too, so I'm not really sure. I just felt that it was odd that, you know what I'm saying, as black women, and I had to talk to them about the clean method, which is, what I use to to get over things, which is basically, I had to tell the one young lady, I'm like, you're talking about this man like he is greater than you, and he is not. If you really thought you were a queen, and we really who who we posted that we were, you wouldn't even be bothered with this peasant. And that's how you have to start looking at things. You have to start putting yourself first. So I think that we as black women, we're told, and I just posted about this the other day, be strong, be there for your man, this, this, and this, and we don't have anybody that's there for us when these things happen. Right. So me, I went and got help. There was a stigma attached to it. You know, of course, they told me go to church. Me and God talk all the time. He wasn't messing with me during that time. You know what I mean? Like, there was too much going on. So tell us a little bit about, and trust me, when you have a chemical imbalance, God is going to help, but God also created doctors. You know, you need to get help. Be created therapist. You need to get help. I've actively been out of therapy now for two years. I don't self-medicate anymore. I don't take any type of medications because my depression is under control as of right now as we approach winter. But do you want to tell people about just a little bit about the movie and your experience with a narc and with a sociopath that I'm assuming he's a sociopath and with your abuse? Sure. Um, I mean, I was in uh, a relationship with a covert narcissist um, for four and a half years. Um, was definitely um, it was weird from the beginning. Uh, there were a lot of um, arguments early on, and I mm-hmm. mean, honestly, I've never had arguments with um, you know boyfriends that early on in a relationship. I've never even had an argument with a boyfriend before. So that was kind of odd. Um, he would uh, do the, nar- the the narcissistic trait. One of the traits is like silent treatment and um, mm-hmm. never acknowledging his yeah, never acknowledging his um, faults or apologizing for anything he ever did to hurt anybody's feelings or just feeling very superior to everyone else. Like he was always he always felt like well, I felt like he felt like he was better than everyone else. Um, it was just very isolating. Uh, I found myself being only with him. I rarely was around family and friends or talked to family and yep. friends. Um, 
And when I did, you know, he he, um, you know, because they have these masks, they'll go off and on to where they're like nice sometimes, and then, you know, back to narcissistic behavior other times or whatever. So I was really confused. I never knew what to expect um, from his behavior around my friends or me. So, um, you know, he fooled a lot of my friends, um, and a couple of my friends actually picked up on it, and they were like, um, something's not right with this guy, and. You know, I never really paid attention to that. I, I mean, I did, but I was like, you don't know him like I do, you know. Yeah, because so, you're so in love. Right. And you haven't seen his good side, you know what I mean? So um, mm-hmm. so I was always confused. I mean, I was just so confused in that relationship. I, the, the, the confusion that came along with my, um, with this relationship, it made me feel like something was wrong with me or that it was, something mm-hmm. I was doing and and on top of that you know he would also you know say that I needed help I needed mental health therapy and all of this stuff and I actually felt like I had a problem but you know I we all have emotional issues or we all have issues you know just life issues or whatever but I don't think that I needed em- emotional or mental health um you know from a professional or anything I I was just being manipulated and I didn't know that uh until I got out of that relationship, um, and that's what made me start writing, and that was it. <laughs> okay. So a few things were going on, because now we have abuse, which abuse goes in cycles. So it doesn't matter whether it was verbal or whether it was physical, okay? It always goes in cycles. They're going to beat you up, and I've been I've been physically abused at one point. Many points, but I hit back. That's part of what makes me insane because I'm a yeah. violent. Uh, no, I hit back. And we, we discussed no, that. Don't get it. <laughs> oh yeah, I hit back. I'm not gonna sit up there and yeah, be you, a punching bag for anybody. So yeah, yeah. you're not just gonna <laughs> whoop my ass like that's. You know what I mean? Something's right. gonna happen. <laughs> right. Right. So, what part of you know the the cycle of abuse is that you have these amazing ups, right? Everything is great, and. The width of time, it's almost like contractions in between outbursts and episodes become shorter and shorter. So it used to be, oh, maybe once a month. You know, so it's just like guys, we would joke and say, oh, he's just on his period. You know, then it would be once every two weeks. Then it's once a week. Now it's every other day. And like you said, you live in constant fear, like what's going to piss this person off today? You know, what what am I looking at today? You know what I used to do? I used to be like, who am I speaking to today? You know, it's kind right. of like that movie, what is it called, Split, when it's like Barry's on his way. Like, which which one of you am I speaking to today? And so oh, okay. you, you start to look at, you know, the, the cycle of abuse because now you're talking about them. Also, another form of manipulation is projection. I know I need help, so I'm going to tell you that you need help. Okay? You right. need help. It's all on you. And the lack of responsibility for saying, you know, I just had a conversation with somebody the other day, like, you know, you don't ever take into consideration your responsibility or your part in all of this, you know, turmoil that's going on. You want to say it's because of me and somebody else. And no, you had a very definitive part in all this because it all started with boom, one lie. Right. And so I actually got that acknowledgement recently where this person was like, you know what, I acknowledge that. I thought it was something that was unspoken. No, it's not fucking unspoken. You are hurting people and you think that everything is my fault because you lied and then you did this. It's not. So I acknowledge my part in hurting people, but at the same time, part of my illness is if you don't give a damn about me, I don't give a damn about you either. So I will continue mm-hmm. my behavior mm-hmm. until you don't care anymore either, right? Because I'm not mm-hmm. going to stop until I get what I want. If I don't get what I want, I don't want it, right? So if mm-hmm. I can't win, I won't play at all. And that's what a lot of people need to learn when dealing with people that are mentally ill. So another thing that you brought up was the cycle of abuse. So, okay, you have, okay, we're we're fighting, we're arguing. It gets physical. Within 24 hours, hey, you want to go get something to eat, you want to go shopping, whatever, yep. whatever, and you literally within a 24 to 48-hour period feel like this is the best boyfriend, husband, or whatever in the world. Like nothing right. can stop y'all. It was just this one time, that's it. And then it turns into mm-hmm. something else. Then it's just like, mm-hmm. see me, I, I cut people short. Like, oh, you just like my bitch. Or, what? Who the fuck, like, what are you talking to? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you have to snip all of that 
in the bud in the beginning and let them know you're not playing. And so what I want to say to a lot of people that feel like, especially women, that, oh, my God, he just ghosted me. No, he might have ghosted you because he knew that he couldn't manipulate you. Take it as a blessing. He might have just, you know, took the poonanny and said, you know what, I'm not even going to, you know what I'm saying, waste my time. I ain't going to get no money off this girl. She ain't going to let me do her no kind of way. And I've had men do that to me, too, because I'm not with it. You know what I mean? Right. But those of them that stick around, I know there's something wrong with you because there's something wrong with me. You know, the way I mm-hmm. think about things, I'm pretty much a recluse. I don't really, you know, go out too much. I, you know, pretty much stay in the house or in between my jobs and doing everything that I do and just being a parent. So part of what I wanted to talk about with this movie is you talk about some of the verbal abuse. What were some of the things that he would say to you specifically if you wouldn't mind sharing? Because I don't want young women especially to think that someone, I like I said, talking about your looks or someone talking about your family or someone talking about your children is not abuse because it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And especially if it's something that makes you feel bad about something or it's a weakness or something that you shared with them and then for them to turn around and use it on you. I feel like that's the lowest of the low. Yeah, that's he started doing that um, early on. Um, about a particular situation of mine that I held very personal to me. And um, I told him about that because I wasn't necessarily ashamed, but I, I, you know, in relationships you're supposed to share information and just, you know, get feedback and get support. So I shared some information with him and uh, was very, very personal information. And he was the only person that I've ever dealt with or ever known to get to, 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 uh, I guess, be negative about it instead of being a positive influence or a positive um, reinforcement. Um, he would always have negative things to say about it, and eventually I just stopped bringing up that situation because um, mm-hmm. every time we would talk about it, it would hurt my feelings. So I just stopped talking about it, um, and I just left it alone. Um, and then, like, a couple other instances I just where I, I wanted to share personal information, I just didn't share with him. Because mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of personal information that he doesn't even know about me because um, of a couple of instances where he took my personal information and made me feel like crap about it. So I just didn't bother sharing information with him anymore. Um, he would say things like, uh, you need help or uh, it's not that serious or um, why are you complaining? Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. other stuff like you you hit the lottery, you know, like I'm the best man you've ever had and stuff like that. And, you know, wow. I, I believed it because, uh, yeah, because at one point, you know, he he really was. I mean, there's a few things about him that I... mentally, that's where you were. Well, emotionally, like I, there was a few things about him that I really in, enjoyed and that I really... Uh, Absolutely. ...admired uh, about him. But, um, you know, he, he was very uh, off and on, you know, like it, it was never mm-hmm. consistent. You know, like, there. I mean, in relationships, you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have problems. That's not where my concern is. My concern is uh, the way he made me feel about those, like, um, like the silent treatment. I mean, that was the biggest thing for me. Like, I'm sorry, but that I mentioned that everywhere because that's, like, the thing that really, really irked my nerves, and he knew that about me, so he used it all the time, and I yep. never really understood why he would do that. He would just go silent, like, um you know, other things he would do was he would he would he would <laughs> he would um, make up stories or include himself in a story of mine from my past that he had nothing to do with Stop. because it was extravagant and elaborate and because it was lavish he would tell that to his friends in front of me and I would look at him like, dude, you were not even there. We didn't even date at that time. What are you talking about? Like, you know, there was times where oh, he mentioned, yeah, where he mentioned. He was in a, you know, in an extravagant and in, in, in very elegant setting with me before we even dated. Like, you know, I went with her. Yeah, we went such and such place together, and it was beautiful. Blah blah blah. And I'm sitting here looking at so him. So now like, he wants you to be part of the con. Yeah. Right. You know, so he he right. tried to include. He did that twice, and I looked at him like, "Is you crazy? Have you lost your mind? Like, what? What? You know?" So, um, you know, just and what did stuff he say? Like, 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 "Oh, I'm just talking." No, he just kept going. I, I, I looked at him, oh my and, God. you know, and that was it. He just kind of, I don't remember exactly, but he just kind of kept going or whatever and, you know, wrapped up that conversation real quick so that I wouldn't have any time to say anything, you know. 
But uh, and I wasn't. He wanted you to be a part of the con, and that's part of what those sociopaths and narcs do. They want you to be part of the con. They want to be. They want narcs especially will adapt to your lifestyle. If they think that your lifestyle is great, they will adapt to it. So if you were in the south of France, they was in the south of France. If you was on a yacht, they was on a yacht. Oh, I've been there ten times over. Okay, really? Well, who do you know? Right. Yeah, he would tell me stuff like that, too, about all of his extravagant uh, experiences and stuff, and I fell for it or whatever. I mean, I don't know. Who knows what he did, but, um, you know, he told me about living all over the world and stuff like that. Like, you know, he's he's, he's African, you know what I'm saying? So um, it's not oh, yeah, uncommon yeah. for Africans. Yeah. Correct. But, you know, it's not uncommon for Africans to travel the world and stuff, so I really didn't, I didn't see him, and I, I mean, I don't know if any of that stuff is true or not, but... Um, so he told me a lot of stuff about living in different countries and stuff. I'm like, okay, cool, that's nice, you know, like, yeah, that's fun, mm-hmm. you know, about being. A it has no effect on my life at all. Yeah, you know, just just basically, just um, it, it, I mean, he okay, he went to college, so he's okay. He came to the U.S. on a uh, student visa, so um, right. And from what from what he told me, um, something happened with his uh, with the money back home for the person who sent him there or whatever, so he had to drop out because he couldn't afford it anymore because the person wasn't able to pay that money anymore, which was probably a lie now that I look back on it. But either way, I did see the receipts. I did I did see that he did go to that particular school, whatever, whatever. But, I mean, as soon as we he got married, he got, his, he got his, no, he didn't finish. And he didn't get his work visa. I mean, well, he got his work visa, but he, um, instead of looking for a job in the field that he was studying in, you know, he decided to take a lesser job, a way, way, way lesser position. And I'm just like, and, and now that I look back on it, I'm like, that's because he never had any tro- proper training to begin yep. with. and he couldn't, he yep, he couldn't you know, qualify. He couldn't qualify anyway. So he was like, oh, there's no jobs in this field. There's no this in that field. There's no blah, 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 which was all crap, and I fell for it, you know what I'm saying? But after a while, like, everything he said to me was a lie, so I stopped believing everything he said after a while, but... That was be- this was before then. I-, I was like, okay, well maybe there are no jobs. So I just, you know, he he, I mean some really, oh, I mean some labor jobs. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't care how you get your money. Mm-hmm. So I'm not no like, education I'm not, at all. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm not like. I mean, he he wasn't stupid because I mean he was very smart. He helped my kid with this his great his uh his um schoolwork and stuff. So I was. You know, and my son was passing on his classes because he was helping out with the areas that I couldn't help in or whatever, you know. So that was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, he knew what he was doing. But, um, you know, he just made me feel like I was inferior to him because I didn't go to school. He kept trying to push for me to go to school. Bitch, I don't want to go to school. I am I like where I am right now. This is what I want to do. I have a, you know, I'm I have out here a getting this show. money. Right. Like, I mean, I may not be where, you know, where you want me to be, but I have other dreams, I'm, and they're not going to school right now, you know. So he always... He was like, well, my other girlfriends, they all went to school because I told them to go to school. Oh, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> you know like, what I, I always care. say when they talk about that? <laughs> when they talk about that, I'll be like, well, where's she at right now? Call that bra right now and let's see what she has to say about you. Because one thing about me, my legacy is as such where I would never want somebody to look back at me and say, she hurt me. She just did me dirty. She just, nah. Tell the whole story. Tell what happened as to why your house got burned down or Cars got tore up, or I put Nair in your shampoo. Tell the whole story about what happened. You called yourself right. being a man, or you put, you hit me, or you did something that caused me to fuck you, you up. Now, not only that, tell the whole truth. And then what what I found that, and I had one that actually tried to murder me, like straight up kidnapped in a basement, shot, stabbed, the whole nine yards. It's all in the book. And that really messed me up afterwards. Like, I would not leave the house for, like, years. But... Later on, about 15 years later, oh, yeah, it was bad. About 15 years later, and then he tried to kill himself, and it's a whole other story. He's in prison right now. And uh, okay, well, the, what ended up happening was, was 15 years later, oh, I didn't put him in prison. He put himself in prison. Uh, well, at least he's And 15 years you, later, you know we ended I mean? up, yeah, he, um, I, do you know what the funny thing is, is I'm never afraid of these cats, though. Like, I'm always like, if you had any idea what type of demons lived up in me and that I could call them all by name, you would probably leave me the fuck alone. But this particular how, dude, we sat down. Like, man, oh, I'm the same way. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, you'd be like, like, you really don't want to know. And it's so crazy because I used to be such a little firecracker, like always wanting to fight, because I'm always fighting men. I don't really fight women. I've never really, you know what I mean? I'm out here trying to punch men in the face because you done hit me. And, you know, it turns into, oh, look what you made me dead and all this other stuff. Not now, because that couldn't go on in my my current life, no. But what, what ended up happening was we sat down from each other, and he says to me, and this is very important, okay, there was a period where my mother had put me out the house. And he said to me, when your mother put you out and I knew that you had nowhere to go, he said, I knew that I could do anything to you. And that really resonated with me when I became, you know, as a parent. You know what I mean? Because I'm just like, I would never. Hmm? He said that to you? Yeah. And he said, and if I would have known that you would have been as strong as you were going to be, he said, I'd have never stopped fucking with you. He said, I built you. I built this. You know what I mean? Which, no, all that Gucci, Prada, and name brand stuff, he introduced me to that. I'm, you know, I'm 20 years old at the time. I didn't know anything about, you know, I knew about it, but, I mean, he's here. He get a fur, I get a fur. He get gator boots, I get gator boots. So that set the tone for me going into relationships being like, well, I'm used to, you know, going on dates and going to Atlanta and going to North Carolina and, you know, being around parents and being wifed up immediately. So I'm not used to, you know what I'm saying, all this dating and Mm -hmm. you go do what you want to do and I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm not used to that. I'm used to somebody just locking it down like, nah, you know, because they're crazy. Mm -hmm. Now we know because they're crazy. So Mm -hmm. later on, he ends up, you know, apologizing and saying, you know, I didn't realize. Girl, he looked for me. I had to move out of the state. Like, that's how bad my situation had gotten. Like, scars on the face. Like, you know, he had, it, it was bad. So, you know, in closing, you know, I want to definitely get you back on the show. We'll get you back on in two weeks. I kind of want to do a Soulful Saturday or Soulful Sunday. I know you're in edits with the movie now. Um, but I definitely want to get you back on the show because I think the more that we talk about it, the more I've been on this show now for three years. And I, like I said, I started the day that Robin Williams committed suicide, which is a big thing for me because I'm, it literally happened minutes before I aired my first show. And so that led wow. me to start thinking about mental health and like the fact that I'm not coming on pre-scripted shows. I talk about whatever I want. I bring on whoever I want, whenever I want. I could do a show seven days a week if I wanted to. So that's why I was saying I definitely want to get you back on because I want to get people watching the movie because I think that a lot of young women are not realizing that they're in abusive situations because they think that's normal. They think it's normal to be called a bitch every day. They think it's normal to be cussed out. They think it's normal to go through these chaotic highs and lows. It's not. You know what I mean? Like, I had one. I dated a psychopath at one time for almost eight years. Dude, we never really even had a fight. But he was he was crazy than a motherfucker. But, like, we never really had a fight. And he would do the same thing yours did. He would do the silent treatment. He yeah. was so calm with everything. And that hurt the most because you're like, hello, I'm trying to talk to you. And then now that silent treatment backfired because I recently was sick. And then I get an email like, oh, you know, I didn't know. And this, this, and this. And it's like, but if you would have reached out, you understand what I'm saying? Because I was somebody that you cared about just over the course of the years. Because it had been years since I spoke to him. You know, you would have known that. And that's what happens when we do silent treatment. We, we miss out on other people's lives. So in closing, Grace, let everybody know where they can find you again, and then we'll get you back on the show in two weeks. So let them know your Facebook, your Twitter, all that. Okay. I'm Gracie Phoenix literally everywhere on social media. Um, but the Instagram page is uh, Rise Movie. So it's Rise from the Ashes movie, but um, I made it short so that it's easy to find. So it's at Rise Movie. Um, The website is risefromtheashesmovie.com. All the contact information is on the website as well. It's um, also, you can reach me, uh, the the number is 720-336-1922, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff is Gracie Phoenix. Uh, YouTube, same thing, Gracie Phoenix. Um, I have a lot of uh, YouTube videos and um, a lot of uh, entertainment-related uh, posts and stuff okay. because I also have a TV TV show that I host that uh, that I host and airs in Atlanta. So I have a lot of um, oh. a lot of entertainment posts and stuff up there. But that's that's definitely my contact, and um, I'm 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 just trying to keep this 
this movie off of Facebook for just for a minute until we edit it, and then you know, we, then I'll put it up there for real. But it, it's definitely on Instagram. It's a private account though, and, and I'll have to re- approve re- requesters. But uh, just because you know, there's people involved that may you know take take it some sort of be way offended. or whatever, and I just be and offended, and I just I you know. I, you know, and I'd rather, I mean, I, I mean, it'll come out eventually, but, you know, right now I just kind of want to keep it as private, you know, as possible, but um, it, it won't stay private for too long. But anyway, um, yeah, RiseFromTheAshesMovie.com, there's also, like, a funding page for, uh, um, on the website where I'm also looking for sponsors and, and funding for the, okay. for the full feature because we, we, we're actually um, finished filming the, the, uh, the promo which is about eight eight to ten minutes long, and then after we get the funding for that, then we're gonna start filming for the full feature, which will go into even more detail about the relationship and about how um, how narcissism affects uh, victims and stuff like that. I also have a, a um, in the opening credits, I'll have uh, a, a line, an opening line from a psychologist. Uh, in Atlanta who who deals with uh survivors of narcissistic abuse. So he put a few lines mm-hmm. on there so that, you know, people can have an understanding of what they're about to watch uh in regards to the film and stuff. So yeah, I mean, it's it's out there. It's you know, it's um I'm ready to get this thing uh to get this thing moving. And we're going to start editing the footage this weekend so I can at least have a trailer uh to post on YouTube so people can see, you know, what's coming. So, yeah, uh, just excited about and it. And it all I'm, sounds I'm, amazing, and I can't wait to see it. Thank you. Thank you so much. So hopefully <laughs> we'll get you to have, we'll get it where we can get you as a regular guest at least once a month on the show to keep bringing light to the topic so that if somebody's going through something, my wish is male or female, that they're like, okay, this isn't right, you're not right, and let me get up out of here. Because these things do end up deadly sometimes, and that's the part that we don't talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, Women mm-hmm. are, are almost 100% more likely to be killed when they're leaving the situation than they are when they're in the situation, and we have to stop that. So thank you so much for being on the show. I'm going to get with you offline, and then, like I said, we'll try to start – promoting and getting that movie information about that out there and then get you back on the show uh, in about two weeks. Yeah, sounds like a plan. All right, my dear. Well, I will let you guys go. Guys, thank you for listening, and I'm going to leave you with the French Montana Unforgettable because sometimes that's how these relationships make us feel, and it's not true. Let it go. <laughs>